Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily. I'm Veronica. And this week, we are chatting to you about our friends, the, the Fae fairies. Folk. <laughs> yes. And, well, I think they're my friends, but they might not think they're my friends. I'm really Sometimes. Unclear. Yeah, I don't know. It, go, it could go either way with them. It really can. They're a little tricky, for sure. <laughs> Did my dog just lick your microphone? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. My dog loves Veronica. She's really into me right now. She I think is. she noticed that I, I was having some emotions earlier and she's just like on my lap, really. She's like, here, let me just comfort you with my yeah. squishy face and long floppy ears. So sweet. She is so sweet. Fay folk. Fairies. Refocus. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, Veronica was like, hey, I have this feeling like we really need to talk about the fairies. So what was that about? I was on a hike and like this hike is so beautiful, like rolling hills, just like open. But there was this one grove of trees just like out in the middle of an open, like hilly feel, field. And I was like, what is going on in these trees? And it felt like super mysterious. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, I had to go inside. <laughs> And there, I mean, it was straight, it felt like straight out of like some sort of magical movie. Like they were rocks and. Was it redwoods? Was it like a grove? No, it was a grove, but it wasn't redwoods. Bay trees? I took a picture of it. No, they're not bay. Hmm. Yeah, it, but they looked all twisted and old. And I mean, it was really oak. special. Not oak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reaching here. I'm reaching. What other trees are there? <laughs> So cypress? Many, so many. Cypress. There was a cypress tree. Yeah. Oh. So I went into this Manzanita. grove and Sorry. it was like <laughs> mysterious yeah. and it was quiet because, ah. you know, it was close to the ocean. So there was a lot of wind surrounding it. But like the second I went in, it was like silence, darkness, sunlight coming through the trees. And I just was like, oh, there's got to be a fairy. I, I felt like fairy energy. Like there's, there's, it felt like a little fairy land. What like, is fairy energy like? It's mischievous and playful. Like it feels like, um, but also like, cause they're hidden. It feels like they're, they hide a lot. Like uh -huh. that, that's what I've always perceived it as, as they don't always feel safe to come out and be seen. So when I go into a, like, like, for instance, this like grove of trees, it felt like, oh, something's hiding in here. Uh-huh. That's what it felt like. And so I'm like, oh, of course there's got to be fairies. Right. Like that's who's hiding. <laughs> Duh. And it felt magical. Like it felt like this magical place of hidden things. So of course, like I just automatically said, oh, it's got to be a fairy in here. <laughs> And just picture them like peeking around the corner. I didn't have that thing that I get sometimes where you actually see, you think you see a fairy. Right. And maybe you yes. do, maybe yes. you don't. Like at the corner of your eye, you see something and you turn your head and it's not there. It happens to me all the time, especially in nature. 
a fairy. That's what I, I attribute it to the fairy. Uh, yeah, I t- attribute it to fairies and, and nature spirits. Yeah. So what are fairies to you? When you think about like what these beings are, how do you envision them? Are they those little winged? They are. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. And it feels kind of like, I don't know, maybe Hollywood has placed that concept into my mind. Maybe. Um, or maybe it's real. I don't know, but it, it definitely has, um, like visually, like there's always light involved. Mm. So like, I always feel like a, the, the fairies carry a light, like each one of them inside has, of them. You yeah. Mean? Has, yeah. A, has a glow about them. So even though they're like mysterious and hidden, they still have this like brightness, mm-hmm. you know, are they little? They're little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in your mind, when you think about fairies, you're kind of thinking about the little, the little winged creatures. What about things like, you know, brownies and uh, pixies and like, are there different kinds of fairies that you think about? Or do you just kind of have Uh, one generic? I just have one generic, but I I feel like that there must be different kinds. I mean, there must be different kinds. That's, I don't know. I mean, I just, yeah, but I definitely do kind of say oh like the fairies are it's kind of a generalized sense Uh you know but I think yours is a little bit more developed your sense of fairies a little bit more developed than mine Emily well I think that that's true but I also think that I have had a really deep relationship with fairies for like a huge portion of my life and uh, I remember in college and Uh, junior college when I was taking speech like my prereqs I did this whole speech on why you should believe in fairies we had to do like an kidding no I'm not kidding Uh, we had to do an argumentative (laughs) speech and that was my speech and it was good of course it was I know it was amazing it was so good Uh, (laughs) I was really proud of that speech because I had really good uh evidence yes you have to have evidence. I know. Because people think with fairies, you're like, oh, what's the evidence? You have no evidence. Oh, I had evidence. I had this book that I wish I had brought to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly where it is. Well, I don't know exactly enough that I could run and grab it without leaving a large space in our <laughs> recording. But uh, I will try to include it somewhere. Some sort of reference guide. Some sort of reference. Uh, but it it talks about different fairy sightings over time, and it also mm-hmm. talks about different physical evidence that's been found over the years. And the one that stands out to me the most is this tiny mouse skin shoe that had these little stitches in it that was discovered. What? Yes. And I'm trying to remember where it was discovered. I want to say it was somewhere in England, um, and I hope I'm not wrong, but I could be wrong. Uh, so don't don't hold me to that. But it was actually discovered and it was studied uh, and it was found to be made of mouse skin and had these teeny tiny handmade oh, stitches. Oh, just got chills. Right? Because wow. sometimes fairies need shoes too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, things get sharp. Yes. <laughs> but wow. when I think about fairies, I think about the fae folk and I feel like there are many different kinds. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Certainly some of them might have wings. That's not where I go right away. I think I love the idea of that. So I don't want to like let it go completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see more spirits of the land and like um, interdimensional beings. I don't think that they're always here hanging in our dimension. And I think that's mm-hmm. why they disappear. I think nice. that's why there's stories. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. I think that's why there's stories of people losing time. That's a really common thing. Also common with alien abductions, by the way. But 
we're not talking about that. But I think there's some overlap there, just uh -huh. saying, um, for anyone else who's into weirdness like I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there, there's all these stories throughout history, folk tales and, you know, quote, I'm using air quotes here, but like real tales that people have told of their experiences where somebody disappears and they come back and it's all this time has passed here in this land. But for them, they're like, it was a blink of an eye. What do you mean I've been missing for a week or two or three mm -hmm. or a year or whatever? Um, and I, I mean, if, if there's interdimensional travel, to me, it makes sense that we wouldn't necessarily be on the same timeline. Well, yeah. So we're all existing. It gives me chills when I think about it. Cause I'm like, there's like layer upon layer upon layer of dimensions all existing here simultaneously. Well, that, and that, that for me, I'm like, oh yeah, well that just makes sense that why <laughs> they, they would come and go. Right. And then where would they go? You know? And then just the idea of like, I mean, you think about, you know, when someone passes and the, there's another dimension, possibly I call it the other world mm -hmm. of where you might go that like you have that sense about it. And there's something like when you, like when you feel like you're in the presence of a fairy, that you feel like the veils are thin or something is different. Like right. I'm getting chills right now. Cause I know what it, th that feeling of like, something feels different right now. It's stepping between worlds, yes. right? It's like, it's like somehow, even if they're here in our world, there's a bridge that's made. I know this sound, this might sound really crazy to some of you listening. So, uh, yeah, you know, we're getting out there. Just put your imagination hat on. <laughs> there like, you go. Just put your imagination you hat go. on. Look at the world through your like preschool age eyes where mm -hmm. everything is awe and wonder and tap in. Because I really think that we lose so much of that awe and wonder as we age and we get bogged down. I mean, I was just complaining before we got on here about the 5 million things I have to do to every single day mm -hmm. and <laughs> how overwhelming that can be. And in that we lose or I lose my sense of, of like, wonder. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. And yet, if you've been listening to this for any length of time, you know that I'm pretty imaginative and um, expansive in my thought process. <laughs> <laughs> takes me a little bit more effort than you, Emily. I know. I can just get there. <laughs> I'm like, of course there's monsters under my bed. What are you talking about? Duh. <laughs> but also, I, just, I guess I want to talk about, like, the fey folk have been, like, honored as being real mm -hmm. for centuries before, you know, Christianity came. People were honoring the fey folk, giving, you know offerings to the fae folk wanting to make sure that they were you know appeased right and and in different cultures they called them different things mm -hmm. and i think ultimately a lot of it boils down to that that sort of theme of the spirit of the land yes and sp spirits and energies that tend the land and that you don't want to upset them because they'll jack up your crops and your <laughs> livestock right um <laughs> Totally. And and then there's this whole, like, it, when you were saying, like, appease them, I was thinking about, like, changelings, right? Like, there's yes. this whole whole folkloric tradition around changelings and about uh, people getting, having babies who might be ill or unwell or whatever it might be and say, them thinking that this was a changeling. This was, could not be a human child, uh, let alone their human child. Um, and many of these babies were left out yes. to be... Given to the fairies. Yeah, to be given back. Back to the fairies. And then that's it. Yeah. 
Which is really sad. That's horrible. It's totally horrible. It's like that scene in Outlander. Yes. Yes. I was thinking about I that know. too. It's horrible. But like but that's that really based, happened. Yes. That's based on real stuff. Yeah. Um, that had occurred during different time periods. When we didn't have science to explain so much of what is up. With the human with, body. Yeah, yeah. When we're not working right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that... I know there's a line between you think about rational thought, right? And what you're talking, we were talking about evidence. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. So there is a piece, uh, even with this magical idea of a fairy, that you might want evidence of, like, okay, not just a sense. Like I'm talking about, oh, I get a little sense, you know. But you might want to see that little mouse, little shoe made right. out of mouse hair, skin, skin. Oh mouse gosh, skin. mouse skin. Well, it's like leather. <laughs> It's like leather for yeah, fairies, you're right? right? <laughs> Sorry, sacrificial mouse. But you might want that evidence. You might want to look at like, okay, well, no, this, the, you know, I, how can I explain this little shoe, you know? Fairies. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> Tell you, that's all I needed for my argument. <laughs> awesome. Right? Well, I also want to just mention that faith folk have existed throughout different cultures. Um, yeah. And I have I have a couple different uh, pieces of information for you all here. Last year, I taught a class during the Mystical Creatures Conference. And of course, I talked about fairies because, you know. That's what you do. <clears throat> that's what I do. I talk mm -hmm. about fairies. Um, but, oh dear, I have to cough. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um <laughs> Faith folk are found throughout all different cultures, but the place that we find most folklore comes from the British Isles, you mm -hmm. know, and I think a lot of people have that association. Definitely. As it is. Um, so for much of what I will be sharing with you here, just so you know, these are stories that come from the United Kingdom. Um, I want to talk a little bit about faith folk and, uh, and their origins and the d ways that they're talked about in different places. So like, for example, I was asking Veronica about, uh, you know, well, how do you see fairies? And she was saying, you know, there's probably more than, than just the winged creatures, but that's where she sees. Mm -hmm. So Romans believed in household guardian spirits, and these can be linked to the brownies that we find. Oh, really? In, yeah. <laughs> in Britain, not the brownies like the Girl Scouts or the ones you eat, but the brownies like the little <laughs> Or the brownies in that movie Willow. They were little creatures. Oh, they were? They were I don't, and they called I don't them the brownies. They were brownies. They were they were hmm. in the forest. They were forest little forest spirits, creatures, but they were real creatures. Yeah. The brownies. The brownies. Yeah. They were connected. Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, let me back up here. The fae folk are often thought of as otherworldly or supernatural beings with gifts or powers outside of the human realm. Ooh. Yeah. Right? That's that mysteriousness. Right. So also, if, if like a creature or something, you actually believe that they were existed, you might want to be careful. You know what I'm saying? Well, you might want to be careful, but you also might want to ask them for help. Yes protection so it's like that mm -hmm. it's like that double-edged sword right yeah. you you gotta be don't careful. turn your back on them right it's like the ocean because <laughs> <laughs> you know they have this special power right yeah yes exactly uh, <laughs> they are often thought of as small but these creatures have been said to range from teeny tiny little creatures like we were talking about earlier to giants depending wow. on the race 
I just feel like fairies is small. It's just like fairies equals small. Like they're way small. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. There's other things. There's other things. Mm -hmm. Giants. Yeah. Because I've heard about this too. I mean, I remember, and I I can't peg it down right now to tell you where I read it, but I remember reading folklore about a a race of giants that were actually fey folk. Um, And I remember also reading at one point a link between the Lemurians who are said to live in Mount Shasta. (laughs) That's one of their stories. Okay. There's a lot. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. (laughs) But they've been linked to being part of a fey race in some stories they have they have different links but that's one of one of the branches of folklore uh and they are tall tall and long and lean why not what the hell yeah it could be i don't know how would i know (laughs) (laughs) so the oldest fairy sightings on record in england appear in the 13th century so that's not even that long ago no i mean it is but it's it's like way before i was born Mm -hmm. but (laughs) And that's, it's not like BC. We're not and that's, talking. that's like recorded. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because like before all of this, there's like, I mean, there's word of, you know, there's traditions, there's stories that get passed down. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know what you're saying. Good. <laughs> there is some thought that fairies are the transformation of gods and goddesses from pre-Christian religions. And that they they can be found in Greek mythology as nymphs, which are female nature spirits, and satyrs, male half-man, half-goat, earth forest spirits. Hmm. So just as a side note, one of my favorite paintings growing up was The Nymphs and the Satyr by uh, William Adolph Fulgerol. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had that hanging in my bedroom. And uh, actually, up until I moved into this house 12 years ago, (laughs) it had a central place. I love that. Uh, It's just so magical. So, uh, yeah, distraction. Sorry. <laughs> no, but I, I guess something when I'm hearing this is like the when Christianity came in and how the idea of the fey folk might have changed. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as it would sound like what you were saying is it, that it kind of changed. Well, there's some there's some, uh, I guess, philosophizing. There's some people that think that that could be what happened, mm-hmm. that the the gods and goddesses of ancient traditions and religions were transformed into this idea of the fae, mm-hmm. um, you know, which I guess in some ways might make them more acceptable because then they just become a tale versus yep. a deity that you that has might worship. Power. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, the fae folk are generally linked with nature, which is, you know, why we think about them in groves and fairy rings mm-hmm. and meadows and, you know, all of that. Uh, I don't mean to sound so blasé. I'm just being playful. But <laughs> I take the fairy folk very seriously, just so you know. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> but because of their link to that, that's that's why they are considered um, in many places to be nature spirits. Um. Folktales and mythology found in the British Isles, they they reference that the Fae have been the primary residents of the land prior to King Arthur's time. So in Ireland, the same idea refused refers, excuse me, to the Tuath Dundanan. And I apologize if I've uh, said that incorrectly. I, I know that um, my, <laughs> I believe that's Irish Gaelic and my Irish Gaelic is not good. But Tuath Dundanan, a race of supernatural beings that took to the hills when the humans arrived. Um, they are also a pantheon of gods and goddesses and actually the origins of Brigid, I oh. believe. Yeah, she. I, be, I believe she's 
hooked into that uh, pantheon as well. Another important piece to note is that throughout history, lands have been invaded and are conquered by peoples coming from other locations. Uh, several accounts that I've read have suggested that Fey mythology may actually have been born of these encounters, with Fey being depicted <clears throat> in the way that these intruders were seen, specifically in the difference in coloring and body types, as well as modes of fighting. Yeah, I mean, so, I, you know, it feels like when we were talking, I kind of just talked about the progression. Yeah. Yeah. That like there's all these different factors that come in over time that maybe the ancient idea um, of the Fae, you know, in the British Isles was a certain way. And then over time when religion, more cultures, there's more, you know, input coming yes. in to, you know, human story, then it starts to change and transform, mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Well, story is how we make sense of our world, right? And so if you were telling, like, they're, we're talking about invaders here. If you're telling the story of these people who come from another land with a different language, their skin is different, their hair is different, mm -hmm. their stature is, might be totally different, you know, their body types. And you tell this story of this invading, these invading peoples, and you've never seen people from somewhere else before. This could easily be translated, <clears throat> excuse me, into these supernatural beings that might have come. They come from a different place. Right. In so where could it be? Ships. Could be a different world? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? It is. Yeah. It just <laughs> blows my mind. What I, I just, <clears throat> I guess what I love about like listening you talk about this and even just talking about the fairy folk is it just feels like we, we, be, we began kind of like, oh, the mundane life of that we live like folding laundry and doing like, yeah. you know just like our everyday thing and then we're talking about like spirits of the land and that there is something else that's happening while we're still doing our daily life there's another world that could be just like right on the other cusp could be you know it is it is <laughs> I believe it is. <laughs> no, I believe yeah. it is too. But I think that's, you know, when, when, if I cycle this all the way back around to like being the quote, bitch next door, that is believing in those things and tapping into those energies in your day to day really are what practical everyday magic is about. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's being, it's all the, the way we're tied into all of it and connected to all of it. So this time of Beltane coming on, this yes. is the time when we would work with the Fae. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. Um, <laughs> but I want to just name a couple different kinds of fae before we talk oh, about how to work with them. Awesome. Is that cool? Yeah, let's cool. do it. All right. So just super quick, I'll, I'll run through these. Um, brownies and hobgoblins. Hobgoblins. Hobgoblins are linked to the UK and are referenced as helpful guardians of mm -hmm. the home. Banshee in Ireland and the uh, bean... Beneath, I'm, I'm totally saying that wrong and I apologize, in Scotland are both fae folk who are said to foretell tragedy and or death. And there's a whole other story about oh, the, banshee. the banshee screams. Yes. Okay. It's, yeah, I'm not going to get into that because oh. I want to make sure that we don't go too long today. Yeah. But I think we could actually do like a whole podcast on banshee. Um, goblins can be found throughout Europe, Britain, and even America. And they're often depicted as mischievous, mischievous and sometimes greedy. Elves appear to have their origins in Norse traditions. Uh, some of the depictions of these fey folk in mythology and lore include a race of dark elves and one of light elves. Hmm. Hmm. 
In Hawaiian culture, we have the Menahune, a little people, and these were believed to be scholars by the first people of these islands before the Tahitians. Oh, cool. Right? Uh, Native American Shoshone people believed in a race of little people called Nimuragar. Um, again, I apologize. So for interesting. My I was just reading about this last night. You were? Yeah. Well, I had I, 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 Native Americans like honoring little people. I'd never heard that concept before. Well, it's nature spirits, right? Yeah. You think about the energies of the land and the different potential beings. Yeah, it's so interesting. But I never, I, I don't know. I just. I'd never heard or even had the concept that they actually might have materialized them into little creatures. Oh. You know, that it was a kind of energetic, you know, concept or maybe gods and goddesses. I know that. Mm -hmm. But to like actually materialize them into to actual beings. This is new for me. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Well, what's interesting about these particular ones, the Nimuragar, I believe, uh, they were aggressive and territorial beings who would attack those that came into their land. Oh, so which this is? That's the Shoshone. Shoshone. Okay. And the Crow believed that Nurumbi to be fey folk of the Nurumbi to be fey folk of sorts that gifted visions. Cherokee believed in three kinds of little people: rock people, laurel people, and dogwood people. Rock people were territorial and aggressive. Laurel people were tricksters, and dogwood people were helpers and healers. This all makes real sense to me. Like Does it, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why this hasn't been a thing for me, but you like, have to embrace the faith folk. Monica. I am embracing. <laughs> no. Come with me. Well, and, and also, I guess it's like expanding my vision as to what it actually is. Yeah. When we started, and you were like, "What do you? How do you see them?" I'm like, "Little winged creatures that you right. see in Hollywood, pretty Tinkerbell. much." And where a lot of you, you know, who are listening, might actually have that concept. Um, and maybe you don't, maybe you have a more you know, developed concept as Emily does. And she's like blowing my mind right now and, <laughs> <laughs> and all of yours, I hope. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I just want to say just because I believe in all this stuff and I've done this research and I've studied and whatever, uh, I still have fairy Barbies Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> with sparkles. You could go either way. With sparkles. Nice. I believe in all of it. Uh, the Choctaw believed in the Quanacasha. Kasha, who created rites of passage and quest um, for young men to discover their future path. In Africa, the Ziza are believed to be benevolent fairies helping hunters. They also pass on medicinal herb, herbal plant information. Mm -hmm. um, Yosai are Japanese fairy who are so pure of heart that they are immortal. <laughs> That's cool. In China, there are eight fairies that were once humans who achieved immortality through the esoteric discipline of the Tao. The Duende are in Central and South American folklore. They are an elf-like creature, both used as a threat to scare children into behaving and as a good spirit <laughs> who helps those lost in the wilds. El Duende wears more than one face, just as many fey folk do. Well, that's cool. And the Jinn of Arabic lore are fey in nature as supernatural beings that can grant wishes. Finally, India is home to the Bangas, which are considered evil fairies. Wow. So this is just a scraping of the surface. Yeah. And obviously I'm, I'm not delving in super deep here um, because I think any of these different areas are rich enough uh, in story that you could really dig into all the different um, background and pieces. And, you know, I'm just giving you a brief overview. And it just, I mean, it just goes to show you that across the whole world and co different cultures that we all honor 
the earth and you know in different ways and we see these creatures in different ways and they have different you know powers and you know totally <laughs> and that sometimes we reach outside of ourselves to make sense of things that are happening mm-hmm and sometimes those things are real. Just That's FYI, the, yo. It could be, it could be, <laughs> you know, that. It could be that. It could be a real thing and it could be something we're trying to explain. And it can be both. I was going to say, I think it's both. Yeah. I think it's both. So I just want to add in here, I do have the name of the book I mentioned about the mouse skin shoe. Oh, cool. It's called Fairies, Real Encounters with Little People by Janet Vord. And I have actually two copies of this book and my old copy of it is a little bit larger and has like glossy pictures. It's kind of neat. This one has kind of crummy pictures, uh, but that's There's, the mouse skin shoe, Veronica. That's incredible. Right? They have it like in scale next to like a thimble. Yeah. It's Wow. Small. It is it's little. Small. It's interesting. There's some interesting things here. They talk about the mummified little man who was found in the Pedro Mountains. But they've actually gone on since then to prove that uh, they believe that was a, actually a human that had a certain type of deformity. So it's – anyway, science. Science, science and the supernatural. Yeah, They're yeah. actually friends. They can be. They can be total friends and work really and well together. And then they can just flip each other off and be right. like, you're wrong. <laughs> no, you're wrong. <laughs> right. I mean, I like evidence. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I also think that some things are beyond our ability to prove because we don't have, have we don't have the ability to prove them yet. Mm -hmm. Just like, you know, years and years ago when we thought that babies who were ill were changelings because yep. we didn't have the science to back up what was really going on. Yeah. Um you know, science has caught up and eventually science will catch up with fairies. That's just, and we'll know that they're real. And we'll know science they're real. We'll be like, this, this is, is true. real now. Maybe we'll work with them. <laughs> there you go. That's my fantasy. <laughs> right. I notice I said fantasy. I know how I sound just so y'all know. <laughs> so how can we work with them? That's a great question, Veronica. Yeah. I'm so glad you asked it. <laughs> how do you work with the fairies when you think about it? Um, I think the most often, um, I give offerings to the fairies. So we, I talk about the fairies as also being the spirits of the land. Mm -hmm. So I give a lot of gratitude, um, for all that they give. And so I'll put out, put out offerings of whether it's like, you know, something I've made or milk or bread or, you know, um, mm -hmm. Or sourdough starter. Or sourdough starter on a regular <laughs> basis. <laughs> so a lot of times it's just gratitude, really. Yeah. yeah. So what I like to do before I work with the Fae is ask, what's the energy that I want to call in? What area do I need help or support with? And what, how, what and how can Fae energy assist with this? Uh, what ways do I want to help and support the land? And how can I work with the Fae to do this? So just to get really clear about like, what am I doing here? I'm mm -hmm. not just like going out to frolic with the fairies, although that's fine too. Mm -hmm. But if you want to like really settle in intentionally to nice. doing some work, what does that look like? And so asking yourself those questions can be helpful. Um, creating an altar for oh, the fae. Yeah. of course. I've you know, yeah. right? You can do it inside, but it's so much fun to do it outside and to go and like Choose not to, like, if you could see me, I'm doing like a little Little tip, things. Little things. Little tip <laughs> like things. Acorn. 
Yes. <laughs> or flowers or whatever yeah. it might be to gather items that are natural that you can create an altar with and honor the Fae with and to do this uh, in a way that you can leave it back to the land. So nice. you're not worried about like leaving plastic or yeah. like, you know, funky things that are going to not decompose. Um, I feel a lot closer to the Fae when I do this outdoors and mm -hmm. using natural objects is just better for the planet. Yeah. Know? And it makes sense because totally. they're of the earth. Totally. Yeah. Um, so just do what you feel drawn to if you choose to go that route. <clears throat> um, so you can also leave offerings, like Veronica was saying, natural or useful objects. Uh, some of the foods that are often associated with leaving out for the Fae are cream mm -hmm. and honey yep. and cakes. Yep. And yeah. I have like like little, like tiny little cups and little plates and stuff. Do. That like, <laughs> <laughs> gosh, the last ritual that we did and um, – the woman who was leading was like, we're going to leave out, you know, offerings for the fairies. I was like, I have just the thing. <laughs> it was like this little baby cup, you know. I missed this ritual. Yeah, you did. You oh. went there. Oh, okay. You know, and I put like a little, like, little cream in it. And then oh. I had this like little piece of cake that I put right in. It was so cute. How fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, you can also do prayers. You can leave out prayers mm -hmm. written or spoken for them. Um, you can scry or meditate near a water source to work with the fairies, especially springs. Springs are definitely associated with fae folk. Uh, you know, if you don't have a spring, you can use any type of water. But if you have access to a natural spring or or even like a little stream that might be running it somewhere nearby. Nice. Being with that running water. Um, dance. This is oh, such a great way to raise some energy. The maypole. Right? Yeah. Every year at Beltane, when we're doing our community Beltane, we're like, hey, be really careful because if the Fae folk are out and about, they're going to be beckoning you into the forest. And if you go with them, <laughs> you might not come back. So <laughs> anyway, dancing is a great way mm -hmm. to raise energy, to connect with that playful energy, to be with the land. Dancing outside with no shoes on. So good. Yeah. So good. So move your body, feel the vibration of play and energy. Um, you can also create a ritual with the heart of it being a meditation or journey to connect with the fae folk or go, 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 go to go visit fairyland. I am so tongue tied today. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, singing. Raising you know, that kind of playful energy. Totally. Yeah. You often hear stories about uh, fairies singing and that being a call. That's one of the mm -hmm. stories. There's there's also like parties, fairy parties that are happening that people stumble across. Oh my gosh. But, oh yes. That's cool. <laughs> they like to have a good time. Uh, <laughs> but no, that's singing. So you can sing too and raise your voice, raise your voice up and uh and raise that energy in that way. Uh create a space in your yard or your home for the Fae. Like, you know, one of the big things that has happened over the last few years is that like run on fairy gardens, people making fairy gardens and yes. like getting those little teeny bits and pieces to make gardens out of. Somebody actually left, made one for me and left it on my porch and then didn't tell me who did it. And then I was like driving myself nuts trying to figure out where this came from. And I was like, the fairies left it. <laughs> totally. That's so fairy-like. I know. And my husband's like, yeah, somebody left that for you. I'm like, no, I, I've called everybody. I don't, I don't think so. But I, I found out who it was. Eventually, somebody <laughs> copped to it, and it was not the fairies. 
Um. <laughs> the fairies led them right to do it. To right. leave it at your doorstep. I think really my uh, my infatuation with fairies led her to yeah, create probably. it uh, out of love for me. So anyway, uh, so bird baths, fountains, all of these things can be alluring as they're like a mirror, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there's some folklore that says that fairies like to look at themselves. I don't know if that's true or not, but there are some stories about that. Um, I have also always associated bells with the fae folk, uh, and it's not unusual for people to report that they have heard bells before or during a fairy encounter. Ooh. So small tinkly bells can be a tool for calling fairy energy into your space or your ritual. Um, yeah, because when we call on the fairies, we usually ring bells. Yeah. We give it, all it's the It's that higher bells. vibration, yes. too. It has that sense. And it's an airy quality, yeah. right? If you associate bells with the element of air and you're calling in these like different vibrational. Maybe with wings, just saying. Right? <laughs> That's the ones that are getting called in with the bells. That must be the thing. Anyway, these are some of the ways that you can work with fairy energy. And and also just to be on the lookout. Like Veronica and I were talking about at the beginning of this, that the times when you're out in nature and you're seeing that thing out of your corner of your eye. Mm-hmm. Don't be so sure it's not a fae folk. Could be a fairy. Could be a fairy. <laughs> it could. I say this with a completely straight face. <laughs> because it could. And so, you know, just be tuned into your surroundings. I can't tell you how many times I've been out in nature and seen what I'm certain was a, a, a form that was mm-hmm. like a human form smaller than me, uh, <laughs> which actually isn't saying much because I'm quite tall. But <laughs> smaller than Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> That's who is small. not quite tall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I swear I've seen them. I actually, I have to wrap this up with my story of okay. actually seeing a, seeing a, what I think was like a troll. Do you know this story? I think so. Yeah, you said troll and I was like, oh yeah. At the beach? Yes, yes. Have I told this on the podcast? No, you haven't. Okay, good. So <laughs> just real quick, I was at, this was many years ago and I was in my early 20s and I was sober. Just, I want to preface it by saying that. <laughs> Because in my early 20s, that was not a given. And, um, <laughs> and I was at the beach with this guy that I was dating. And we got there and it was late. And I believe it was a full moon. I just know that everything was very silvery. So if it wasn't full, it was almost full. And we were in the dunes and we laid out a blanket. And we we're totally going to make out, you know, like you do when you're in your 20s. And, <laughs> and when we had gotten there, there was this red sports car that was parked in the parking lot. But the gate was shut. And we parked in front of the gate in the driveway and the gate swung outward. So anyway, the sports car was covered in sand as if it had been sitting there for a while and the sand had blown over it. And so we're in the dunes and and we're like laying there and I'm on my back and I look up and I see this little goblin looking face staring down at me, scared the crap out of me. I'm not kidding you. I was like, oh my God. And when I like gasped and was startled, it turned and ran. And however it, however big it was, it was lower than the seagrass. And so if you've ever been in dunes with seagrass, seagrass can be relatively mm-hmm. tall, like up to your waist or whatever, but it was below that. And as it took off running, um, I could see the seagrass parting as it Whoa. ran through the dunes. It was so bizarre, Whoa. but he had like a wrinkly face and a kind of a bulbous nose and he was darker. His skin was darker. Um, and I don't remember him having hair, but I don't remember him being bald. So I don't know if he was like in the in-between thing. I can just see the clarity, like with clarity, I can picture his face. Anyway, 
my boyfriend was like, I did not see that. He saw the the seagrass parting and he was like, Yeah, it's probably an animal. I'm like, that was so not an animal. Like <laughs> Wow. Anyway, when we left, the sports car was gone. I don't know how it got out of oh there my- because we were parked. <laughs> In front, I'm not kidding. Wait, wait. This do is... you think he drove the sports car? I do. I think... <laughs> <laughs> and if you didn't think I was nuts before this, no, I honestly have no idea. But it was just so weird. It was all just a very weird full moon night or semi full moon or mostly full. I don't know. But it, there was there was a it. troll slash goblin slash something out there that stumbled upon us. And it was as scared of us as we were or as I was. My boyfriend was like, yeah, you're losing it. Um didn't expect you that's to be not there. the guy I married by the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah did not ex- it was yeah so that is my real life full full frontal <laughs> um <laughs> I mean I actually saw his face yeah. like versus all of these periphery yeah, experiences yes, exactly. it was actually like the shimmer or yes. the corner of the eye but it was like I saw this Yes. Being. Or the face that you see in the trunk of the tree as you're walking. Exactly. And then you're like, double what? take. Oh, wait. Okay. Um, you know, and what's true is our brains do like to make patterns out of things. And so sometimes we can't see things that aren't necessarily there because our brain turns it into a different shape. But I, I think that there's more than one experience going on. I think that's one experience. And I think there's the other experience of seeing things that might actually be there. That's cool. Thanks, Emily. Sure. (laughs) And that is the end of this week's podcast on fairies. (laughs) I'm sure some of you have your stories. Yes, I'd love to hear your stories. You should email us your fairy stories at wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net. That would be amazing. And then we could include it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk more about fairies Mm -hmm. in the future for sure. And and for those of you that are listening in like real time as this gets released tomorrow on Wednesday, April 28th, this weekend is Beltane. It is. And we did not talk about Beltane this week. However, we did talk at length about Beltane last year, I believe. Yes, we did. <laughs> so you can definitely go back into the archives of our podcast and check out Beltane. And I think we even might talk about some ways to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we whatever did. you're doing this Beltane. I hope that you make some merry and celebrate the fertility and abundance of the earth and maybe dance with the fairies. All right, everyone. Until next time, be well. Keep it magical. Anything else? That's it. We're good. (laughs) All right. Thanks for tuning in to The Witch Next Door. You can help others find us by subscribing to and rating this podcast. If you're interested in supporting this work, you can do so through the Anchor support link in our description. And if you're ready to dive a little deeper, hop on over to wisewomanwitchery.com and check out the Wise Woman Witchery Diving Deeper monthly membership group. The details and sign-up link are available there. And remember, you are magic. Embrace it. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. 
Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.